Hi guys, welcome to the second season of EdTech Crowd podcast. In this season, you can expect more focus on specific topics and insights with experts uh, from different fields, but we will mix it with founder stories like before. In EdTech Crowd, I interview founders, industry experts, and people important for EdTech scene. This podcast is powered by EdTech Poland Foundation, industry association from Poland. You can visit the website www.edtechpoland.pl. In this episode, I interview quite unusual guest, the person from the governmental side, Justyna Orłowska, the head of GovTech and Prime Minister's High Representative for Government Technology. Thank you, Justyna, for joining at the Crowd Podcast. Um, so I always start from the question, if you can tell, how did you start your adventure with education in EdTech? It's kind of untypical for your position from the beginning, I think. So if you can introduce the story to, to the audience. So I think I was born with education because my parents already, when I was born, were directors at schools and uh, teachers. So, you know, I was from the very beginning accustomed to all the areas of educational systems because my mother is a director of primary school whereas my father at secondary school so from k to 12 i can see what are the challenges from the perspective of the people who are responsible on hand hands-on uh, of how to run such uh, initiatives such a huge um, have huge responsibility, I can say, because it is responsibility for people for their future. So it's uh, yeah. So that was the beginning, and now, of course, I, I'm like I like to talk that it is uh, coming to my roots. You know, coming back to my roots. That from the very beginning of my life, I was uh, surrounded by education, not only as a student or pupil, but also by the people who are taking care of uh, to improve what they are doing for the purposes of uh, students. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's actually uh, the pattern I see. A lot of founders of EdTech startups, usually they were not teachers, but their parents were involved in the educational system. And how did it happen that uh, in GovTech uh, you started being responsible for the education? Because if I'm not mistaken, at the beginning it wasn't the, the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have started uh, with uh, competitions for startups, GovTech startups and the GovTech Center. But uh, from the beginning, we were also perceived by other ministers, other ministries as the institution at the primer, prime minister's office to support all other ministries in their efforts. And one of uh, these fields, one of the ministers who wanted us to support his efforts in improving and in developing new projects, innovative projects, was the Minister of Education and Science uh, in Poland, uh, Minister Czarnek. And he asked us to prepare the strategy to, to introduce to the sector of education to Polish schools. And we have started uh, with a program Future Labs and also we have uh, implemented and launched other projects. Mm -hmm. If you can tell a bit more, what kind of activities do you support uh, in education field uh, from GovTech? So uh, we are responsible for all those innovative uh, programs and all uh, either in the, uh, in the field of equipment, but also in the field of programs, trainings, 
so educational system itself. When I'm talking about educational system itself, it means, for example, that at the same time we are offering money to schools, a huge uh, heaps, uh, like heaps of money for the project Future Labs, which is about buying 3D printers to primary schools, uh, microcontrollers, music studios, video studios. It was around five, uh, half a billion of uh, uh, do dollars for uh, primary schools uh, to enable them to be equipped to, to equip their schools with high technologies. But it is not only about equipment. It is also about how to how to use this equipment effectively at schools. That is why also we are taking care of trainings. We have launched a program which is called Mobile Future Labs, which is run together with our great partners from big tech companies or other edutech companies. So thank you very much, the whole society, the whole community of edutech that supports us. And uh, together we can um, do more co education is cooperation. And uh, so this mobile future lab programs program is about is about giving trainings at primary schools. We have 16 buses and every day we visit every primary one primary school at every region in Poland because we have 16 voivodeships which are our regions um, in Poland and we visit so every day 16 schools. And uh, but at the same time we also look at the curriculum and in order to facilitate teachers to support them in their efforts to input to use this equipment effectively during classes, we also change uh, the curriculum. Uh, for starter, uh, we have implemented, for example, video games uh, for in the curriculum. We uh, have uh, already two games that are uh, not necessarily they are not per se uh, educational games, but they are they have the merits of educate like they are for they are effectively support they effectively support teachers with uh, for example 11 bit studio produced a game which is called this world of mine and this game is it wasn't produced for the purposes of education but it can it can uh, support teachers with explaining how to uh, how are, how it is so how it is difficult for people who are at war uh, to be, to behave uh, ethically because of course people can think about themselves only but uh, during war there are other people who may need our support their their support so this game is all about ethical choices uh, during war uh, so such games are also very useful for the educational purposes. Um, I have to admit that uh, recently we just came back from um, Bath Show. We were presenting uh, our country in the National Pavilion and then I realized that uh, the projects of uh, the um, Future Labs uh, made a big impression on other ministries or the representatives of industry from Europe and other countries and a lot of people were asking me the questions how what were the challenges how how for example you 
started the project and how you came to the idea, okay, we're going to, for example, choose 3D printers and something else. So if you can tell a bit about the background story of it, uh, how was it created? Because I know a lot of people are interested in this from other countries. So we have started with the strategy. Uh, so the strategy, of course, was based on researchers. We have asked schools what they have, what they need, and what are their opportunities, what are their uh, superpowers to, to use to take the most out of future equipment, the equipment we want to equip them. So it's, uh, it was very important to get to know what the real needs are. At every project, at every program within GovTech, we focus on challenge-driven approach. So all our projects are the answer to the needs and to the challenges the institutions face. And when it comes to education, we have asked, we have asked schools, but not only schools, also, of course, parents, students, students and also edutech companies and uh, thanks to these discussions and uh, and all our efforts to get to know what they are the real needs are then we are able to to choose to choose the projects we should start with and in order to not to have vicious circle we needed to start with, we have started with equipment. Mm -hmm. And of course, we, we already, at the, from the very beginning, we already knew that the other ask will be, but how to use it? <laughs> so that is why also from the very beginning, we were thinking about what we can do to support the, the whole school communities in their efforts to take the most out of this equipment. But uh, and, uh, so it's like always start with discussions with the community, because if you buy something, if you invest something, if you run the projects that are not, uh, not needed, then it is waste of time. But at the same time, uh, maybe you can ask, okay, but how to, if, if teachers don't know that 3D printers can be useful for them, what then? And of course, it was also the thing that some teachers were okay, or directors, principals of the schools, they thought, okay, so they, gave, they are gonna give me a lot of money for uh, 3D printers, but I, you know, I would rather buy laptops for my students. And but by the, like, uh, the year after the launch of these projects, we are told by those principles they, that they were mistaken, that they thought that it, is, it would be better to have just normal equipment they know. Because uh, if, uh, if we hadn't uh, bought uh, this equipment for them, they wouldn't know that it is so ama amazing to run classes with uh, these 3D printers or other uh, educational robots, etc., etc. So they are very thankful, but you know, it, it was also our job to explain what 
how it can be used. Uh, so like from this saying, uh, if Henry Ford asked uh, people what they want, they would say faster horse, not the car. Yeah, yeah because Ford, they didn't. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, I can understand. And I see um, a bit uh, similar situation with the COVID and the whole digitalization of the classes, uh, which happened very immediate because they were forced to do it. And now you kind of also force the digitalization or using some extra equipment and schools. Um, and what are the other projects, if you can say a bit uh, about, for example, the business uh, classes? Uh, this is my favorite, actually, project, uh, which are you, GovTech is responsible for. So maybe if you can introduce it a bit to the audience. Sure. So in the field of curriculum and educational systems, so not only investments in uh, the equipment, we are also implementing, introducing new subjects at secondary schools. And one of them is business and management, which is the whole new idea about how to run the exams after finishing secondary school, the exams that enable, student, enable pupils to get to the universities. So the, subject, the new subject is all about teaching future skills. So in order to make sure that people who finish this class will be able to work in teams at their future jobs, we introduced, uh, we are introducing uh, within the exam, Matura exam, so it's like a, a SAT exam, so it's like the final exam after K-12 education. 30% uh, of this exam will go to team project. It's the completely new idea uh, and uh, from what I know it will be the first country to introduce that. Uh, we don't scare uh, to introduce that because we know that it's the final time to change and to, uh, to make pilots about new ways how to uh, redirect and uh, the school system from only knowledge-based to the skill-based. Like it's needs uh, nowadays, especially after the launch of uh, very uh, loud launch and uh, very popular launch of ChatGPT uh, at the end of last year. We all know that we need to think about completely new educational system. So that is why we start with these exams that will be run in completely different way, not only knowledge-based, test-based, but also practical way. Uh, this leads us to another question um, about how do you see the changes in educational system globally? Like, what is going to happen? Is going to be like more revolutionary revo revolution or evolution? Or some people even say maybe the formal education as we know will not exist. It will be taken by some courses or some smaller platforms which uh, take care of it. So how do you see the future? Uh, to my mind, educational systems should be ubiquitous, should be common. So it is not going to be replaced by any, by any courses. It shouldn't be replaced by just uh, normal, regular courses outside the school because the school is not only knowledge and it's not, it's not only even skills. It's about communities. 
and to, to meet with other people, you can learn, if you meet other people, you can learn the most from the, other, from the others. It is uh, in what I believe, that we can learn way more from each other rather than solely from the books or of course from the uh, from online courses or something it is all about people it is all about mixing with other uh, other people's ideas and uh, their concepts about uh, their uh, what how they think it is uh, of utmost importance to get to know other people and their way of thinking about the world that is why uh, i perceive the future of the schools as a very crucial and we need to focus right now about like a little a few revolutions too for example uh, in the field i mentioned that maybe we should think about uh, fewer tests maybe fewer grades like more based on some other ways of checking how the student is progressing yeah with their knowledge and uh, skills it is all about it is uh, to do it is uh, we have a lot of things to do ahead of us uh, but for sure schools should be should stay like i believe in communities mm. and how do you see the influence of edtech companies on formal education so as we cooperate uh, right now in Poland, we cooperate uh, very much with uh, edutech companies and uh, with all the edutech uh, companies who are uh, who supports our efforts in this. I can say fundamentals because what I perceive, I perceive school is about teaching fundamentals to teach how to learn. And then, because because of uh, really dynamically changes in the world, like there are completely, it is way faster uh, to see new technologies. Like it's now ten a decade is like an um, the whole era, you know, for technologies. So in such times, we really need such co-curricular uh, activities uh, and additional support from edutech companies so not this formal education because every several several years probably all of us will need to maybe to, to get new skills uh, to learn something new so schools should prepare all the students all the uh, all our next future generations to be ready to get new skills and of course uh, uh, edutech companies will be a great support and beneficiaries of these needs mm -hmm. so i see it's there is some influence in the um, formal education but you see a big role of edtech companies to actually help with getting the new skills uh, because i guess it's also faster for private sector to adjust than when you have to uh, roll another project to a thousand schools in Poland. Yeah, yeah of course. It's like um, there are some things that should be delivered for all the students, but when it comes to different talents, different different skills that the students have, then 
uh, it is more personal based, it is more tailor-made rather than like systematically we introduce something, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And what would you recommend to new guys who want to start at the company? So I think the most important thing is to make sure if their products can be either for systematic for this, the whole system then they need to think about all the procurement stuff because it is not like they are going to school and school have uh, has a lot of money and to just buy it no it's all about also it is a probably especially for example in poland around 80 percent of the schools are run by local governments so, so they have money from the public budget they are not private money so when you have uh, when you have inter in interaction with budget money you need to know that it is not so easy to get such a client even though uh, sometimes maybe if for for example for ministerial schools it is easier to get money rather than for private school but all those formalities are way more complicated it is not like normal clients B to B to C, you know, it's, just, it's like more B to G. So uh, if, uh, may, I would recommend to make sure if you really want to be interact, if you want, really want to interact with all this like public sector, you know, I am from GovTech, so I know what I, what I mean. It is great, of course, uh, journey, but at the same time, it, it, can, take, it can take years to, be you to have ubiquitous solution uh, so and sometimes it is the it can be decision from the central government rather rather than uh, the local government even because um, most money uh, come from in poland come from the central uh, budget so like from federal budget uh, to the schools uh, like and local governments uh, have way less money for education it's like it's the system how it it looks like in poland so i would recommend like to make sure if you want to go into the direction of uh, public sector or more like real b2c so then uh, interact with informal education which is growing very uh, dynamically okay uh, I always ask this question to every guest, so imagine you have magic wand and you can change one thing in Polish educational system, what it would be? Hmm, <laughs> I have a lot of uh, <laughs> things in my mind right now, uh, but the one may be the fastest. So, of course, we want to uh, finalize our project successfully, so that's my first uh, goal uh, to uh, to make sure that it, it, it happens uh, but when it comes to some future things so maybe maybe one day I would think about what is the best way to assess the students progress mm. because I am not sure if the grades are the best thing I am not sure what is the best solution right now but I would love to have the solution that is that is the best for the purposes of making sure that all the students have their they can find their talents 
and they have some they they will be able to find something they are the best at because uh, it is the most important goal of the schools i think especially primary schools so before you choose the exact field you want to you want to explore more about this field so I, th I would think about something that will be very supportive for all the students to find their, uh, their superpowers. Uh, that's a very interesting. Uh, I think I can recommend you one of uh, my previous guests and also those who uh, didn't hear that uh, there is this company Find Your Grind uh, from the US and they actually try to cope exactly with this problem of understanding for students what they really like and to choose the future career or whatever. Uh, and that, that was a very creative uh, answer, I have to admit. Um, the last question, do you read books? I uh, write books too. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. So uh, you can recommend uh, one book. So maybe in this case, you can recommend your books as well. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, we are looking for um, uh, American publisher right now, but uh, in foreseeable future, I hope I will can send you a link to our book in English. But uh, it is uh, now available in Polish. It's about uh, it is the, the rise of Jatwings uh, uh, Queen. Jatwings uh, were the Polish Vikings back in 13th uh, century, and I believe also that I am Jatwings. So it, they <laughs> were warriors that were uh, that were living in my hometown, around my hometown, uh, which ca you can imagine the Shire from the Lord of the Rings. So I think if I could talk to uh, in the past to Peter Jackson, I would uh, have recommended him our region um, nearby my hometown, which is Suwalszczyzna, to make uh, the Lord of the Rings there. <laughs> uh, what's the name of the book in Polish? Uh, it is Narodziny Królowej Jaćwingów. Okay. Uh, and it is available at the website of the Regnum Inspiratio, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Polish publisher's uh, website. Okay, um, thank you very much, Justyna. If you have any last words to add the crowd, uh, you can share something. So all the time, don't hesitate to contact us. Uh, uh, if you hear us uh, from any place in the world, we believe that education is cooperation. So uh, don't hesitate to uh, send us a message. I am available also on LinkedIn uh, and you can find me there. Thank you very much. Uh, once again, Justyna, that was a pleasure to talk to you and uh, see you guys in the next episode of At The Crowd. See you. Dzięki. Thanks.